Well, it may not have been the sweep I promised during the week. The Guardians take three out of four from the Blue Jays, surprising most people. Uh, Fran Mill Reyes had himself a weekend. A lot of players had themselves a weekend. We will talk about all the big wins, because they're all big wins, uh, against the Blue Jays, the one loss, and we'll get into the upcoming series against the team that's supposed to be leading this division, the Chicago White Sox, on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So while, again, it wasn't the sweep I was jokingly projecting, and for those who missed it on last week's show, I just said the Guardians every series is a sweep, either for them or against them, so when they won on Thursday, that meant a sweep was coming. Three out of four is still fantastic. I will certainly take it, and I want to start actually with Sunday's game. Uh, I don't know how many people watch Sunday's game. I'm assuming most people. You know, it was a Sunday afternoon game, but one thing really stood out in this game. If you were watching uh, when they took the lead when Oscar Mercado had the hit that took the lead. It was interesting to see when it flashed to the dugout because this is what stood out to me as someone who watches this is, A, seeing Miles Straw and Jose Ramirez like find each other because we had heard if you'd read some stuff this offseason like Miles Straw's negotiations for an extension got put on hold and he was fine with it for the Jose stuff to finish up. And for someone who hasn't even been here a full year, it is interesting to see that like it seems that you know, he knew that those negotiations were deep because he's close with Jose. And that's just one of those things that's interesting, again, because Straw just hasn't been here that long, uh, that he is already a, a close friend with Jose. We know Jose, like Jose understands English perfectly fine. Uh, he, I'm not, I've, I've never really talked with him when I was back when he was in the minors. Uh, but, you know, I know he's much more comfortable speaking in Spanish, which, I mean, but like, who isn't going to be more comfortable speaking their native language? You know, Miles Straw is from Florida, uh, or no, California, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, he's just this, uh, I don't know if he's bilingual or what, but it's also interesting that, you know, it's kind of like what's best about baseball, right? Like two people from very different backgrounds whose uh, first languages are different, who have still in less than a year very clearly formed a bond, a friendship, where both those players were excited to stay in Cleveland, and both of them got contracts to lock them up, so they'll be here for five years at least together. And it was just great in that moment, because why that moment kind of encapsulated why things are working for this team is they've been playing well, yes. You know, they have a good record, yes. But I have seen teams take the lead late in the game and not, you know, just let it roll off their backs. And there'll be people out there, I'm sure, saying like, well, that, you know, if this was a team that was built to win, they would have just treated like the, any other win. No, I like seeing the passion. I like seeing the excitement, seeing these players get excited that this team came back from a deficit and had a lot of timely hitting to tie it up and then take the lead. I like seeing that passion. I like seeing that emotion from the players. I think that is important. I think it is great to see. Uh, and then be it just nice to see like how much they like each other. Like, I think... As we saw with the Cleveland Cavaliers this past season, like uh, chemistry counts. And having this team that feels like they have each other's back, that enjoys each other, it's really important because who had a fantastic series but Fran Mill Reyes? The number of people who told me Fran Mill Reyes should be cut after the first 20-odd games was ridiculous. Uh, baseball is a marathon. It is not a sprint. 
the number of people who wanted to just cut bait on a guy who's been this team's second best hitter for the last three years was, um, I don't know if I want to go so far as to say sickening, but it was just like, calm down, people. I was all for moving him down in the lineup. But, you know, I, I had another tweet like two weeks ago where people are accusing me of being um, too... Uh, you know, too positive where I was saying like Franmel's going to figure it out and this team will win 80 odd games. And people are like, Oh, you're just, you know, you're being a Pollyanna, which is funny because how many times in this podcast I've been accused of the complete opposite of that. But it also doesn't change the fact that like I had faith he was going to figure it out. And Oh, lo and behold, a guy who's been a fantastic hitter for three years, the number two hitter on this team, a guy who looks, I mean, I predicted many times he'll end up at some point having a 40 home run season, got it together. And he's playing better. And that is a huge change to this lineup. Because today was another day where, like, I, I kind of dug this lineup. Like, it could have been just a little bit better. I know they sent down Richie Palacios because they want him to play every day. Which means right now, like, catcher and right field are just a disaster show. But this is what we need to see. And even if it ends up being, like, you know, uh, Naylor shifted more into right field, and we see more Owen Miller at first, and um, well, here's what we'll see. I would rather see Rosario at second base, and him and as at shortstop. But it, it I mean, my only guess is that Rosario like can't play anything else. Like they've watched him in camp, they've had him try multiple positions. I mean, I was all in front of him playing center field a year ago. We saw how badly that went left. I just, I wonder if he literally can't play any other position. Like he's a below average defender at shortstop, but maybe being a 40 grade shortstop, he would, you know, 45 grade shortstop, if you're being generous, you know, if you put him anywhere else, he's like 20 grade. Like maybe he just can't handle any other position on the diamond. I don't know. Uh, That is about the only thing that makes sense. That is the only reason you continue. So if you have to have him play shortstop, and then you have Jimenez at second base with Miller playing first. I'm that right now. Honestly, that's probably my preferred lineup. Uh, I mean, my preferred lineup would be Rosario at second base, Jimenez at short. But we're talking about Owen Miller at first, Naylor in the outfield. I'd much rather see Rosario playing every day than Mercado. Mercado is a backup. We know that's what he is. He is fine as your fourth, fifth outfielder. Again, I'm, I don't think he should be cut. I think Mercado and Zimmer were uh, superfluous. I think they were the same thing. They were that backup outfielder. Uh, you need one of those guys who you don't care if they get reps. You need that guy who can come in and be a defensive replacement, who can be a pinch runner, who can be that additional guy. Uh, you don't want that to be Richie Palacios. You do want him to get reps. So if Palacios is going down, which he was, I'm really hoping, for my opinion, it should be Quan Naylor, Straw in the outfield, first base, Owen Miller, second base. Second base, shortstop, some combination of Rosario and Jimenez, third base, Jose, catcher, the black hole and DH Franmo Reyes. That's where it should be right now. Now, uh, getting into this Sunday game, I should probably check my time, see where I'm going. Uh, it's already about seven minutes in. We don't really want to, we'll save the Sunday game for more after the break. So let's quickly talk about the roster moves. It was interesting. Uh, Inil, Inil de los Santos was sent down along with Richie Palacios. I want Palacios to get reps. That's, I'm fine. I understand that. Connor Pilkington got the recall. He was great in this game on Sunday. A rough first, but then he settled in against a very tough lineup. And then also interesting that Kirk McCarty got contract selected again. So the way this stands is I think Anil is no longer on the 40-man, and Kirk McCarty is. Uh, this gives them, because Yu Chen Chang hasn't been activated yet. So they still have that COVID spot that essentially doesn't count against the 40-man. 
uh, technically with their two releases, um, you know, they'll have one of these guys can get added or, you know, here's what happens. Um, neither of them get added and they'll have an open 40 man spot to hold on to, which is, I think what they're trying to do. They're trying to keep that open 40 man spot because at some point you're gonna have to, uh, you know, you're gonna have to activate Carlos Vargas. You're gonna have to activate Cody Morris. They're trying to juggle things so they don't have to cut someone later. Uh, they're just bringing up some depth. They're bringing up another arm who can help, someone who is a stretched-out starter who gives them another choice uh, with the pushback, with the inclement weather, and another, um, you know, Castro got called up as the 29th man, I believe, for the doubleheader. They're just looking for some depth, someone who can help stretch out the lineup. I assume we'll see uh, Pilkington go down sooner rather than later as well, but for uh, the game today in particular, Palacios, Inil, Eniel de los Santos down, Pilkington up, who started Kirk McCarty, who I think was also called up in this situation as a long man. Like, if things go bad with Pilkington, then McCarty was going to step in and throw four innings. Things did not go bad, so now that we'll see what they do. I assume we'll see some roster uh, moves set for Monday, but as of now, that's kind of where the roster is. We're going to take a quick commercial break, come back, and actually get into the games from these, this past weekend, all three of them, all here on Lockdown Guardians. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this past weekend's run to the roses at the Kentucky Derby being back. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Go check it out for yourself. Be smart. Don't be like me. Don't sit here and be. I will say, for all of my complaining about Stephen Kwan, at least he. It might have been the best thing to have not bet on him. Because we can see it already in the articles that are getting written. We can see it already in where he's getting placed on rookie ranks. MLB had him eighth behind like four, almost everyone. You know, if you want to say Joe Ryan, fine. If you want to talk about Jeremy Pena, great. If you want to talk about Seiya Suzuki, I get it. But anyone above, other than that, it's a joke. And that's unfortunately big names being over big performance uh we'll see if it changes as the season goes on but that's you know go check out that and more interesting info over at bet online so let's talk about the sunday game as promised we'll start here connor pilkington goes three and two thirds eli morgan uh we talked about you know kurt mccarty i thought would be the guy who got called up to to do the additional innings eli morgan went three and a third between the two of them you know it's seven innings of three run baseball that is solid but just to talk about this again like, you go back to that first inning. I just want to pull up the exact inning. So, sorry, I'm just, uh, you know, this is where I should have things. But you get a double, a walk, a single, another single, ground out, another walk, strike out, fly out. Like, I, it was only, the fact that all of that led to only two runs is kind of spectacular. Uh, and then after that, he settled in. I mean, it, that's the thing. You look at it after that. Second inning, strikeout, strikeout, ground out. Third inning, line out, strikeout, strikeout. Fourth inning, error. That was I remember that is the Josh Naylor Little League error where he just doesn't close on the ball. Strikeout, walk, force out. That's when they go and they make the change. It's kind of a shame because it's like at that point in time, you've got the runner at first, or I'm sorry, I'm sure I get this right, uh, you, Kirk goes because of the walk. You see it runners at first and second. They get the out at second. Runners on the corners with uh, with two outs. 
And he should have been out of the inning. Like, he should have been out of the inning. The fielding error, that should have never happened. Instead, he gets pulled there. Uh, then you go to Morgan. But, I mean, you look at those, the second and the third innings, and, again, just go to the overall box score. Like, for a guy who got called up six strikeouts, he recorded eight total outs, six of them strikeouts. It was a rough first, and he played quite well. So don't let the line fool you. Like, so there's going to be people who look at that and be like, three hits, three walks, two earned runs, and only three and two-thirds. That is better than you think. Uh, Eli Morgan came in and was strong for this team as well. Yes, he gave up what was the go-ahead run at the time, but I mean, three and a third innings, only one hit, three strikeouts, one earned run. You take it. It's not ideal um, to give up the go-ahead run, but, I mean, what he did in that time is great. Shaw, I mean, I, yes, go ahead and bury me. We'll see if he can continue. Remember, he was amazing over the first few months, and then he tired out. Uh, we'll see if he can maintain what he's done. And then we talked about the Fran Mill haters. Where are the Class A haters? <laughs> the people were telling me that that contract was awful. Uh, now that he's, you know, he had a few bad outings, but he is pitching well uh, across the board here. Another strong performance by him. And we talked about already who reached base twice in this one. Well, Jose Ramirez had a hit and a walk. Andres Jimenez had a hit and a walk. And three hits by Fran Mill Reyes. Uh, a double by Jose, a, or I'm sorry, a triple by Jose, a homer by Owen Miller to tie it up, and then doubles by Quan and Reyes. Uh, just a lot of timely hitting. Uh, and then, you know, yes, Naylor had his uh, miss. For On the other side of things, it's like when they scored the third run, that was a heck of a play by Straw. Yeah, he had to dive to it, which meant that that's why that run got across. But that was a great extension making that catch. And this is a deadly lineup. You know, even uh, a Spinal, who's the guy that they want to upgrade at, you know, that that's where they're looking, talking about Jose, that, you know, was a Spinal at one point in time was set to be their third baseman. Uh, when Kevin Biggio's healthy, he should move into that. They went out and traded for Chapman when they couldn't get Jose. Uh, Chapman has struggled some, I get it, but it's like, and Tapia has not been all that grand, and they traded their outfield death with uh, Gerchuk in that one. So we'll see what they do. You know, they have had injuries, and we have not seen the full lineup for this team yet. Uh, I still think they're going to be deadly overall. And it's it's a team that, you know, entering the week was second in their division. Cleveland uses this weekend. After the rough losing stretch, they're back to 500. Uh, who are the stars? I mean, Fran Mill has to get one in this one to me. I'd... I, half tempted to give one to Pilkington just because it was a really it was a stronger performance than one thinks based on the stat line I give one to one of the three stars Fran Mill Owen Miller uh, I think are the ones you have to give it to and then I'm going to give it to Pilkington because again yes that first inning was brutal but for a guy who got called up because of a spot start and in a hard situation facing a rough team what he did in the second and third is something Uh, Owen Miller I mean I can that ball he was golfing it's a day where you know things were getting knocked down, and that is a not a lot of guys can extend and hit that ball where it was located, let alone hit it out of the park. That is not a home run swing for most players. That was an impressive hit. If you're watching the game, I mean, he it was almost out of the zone. This is a very there are a lot of times that pitch is called a ball, not a strike, because it is so far down there, and he golfed it out of the park and tied that game up, which then allowed Fran Mill to get a hit. Uh, then. I believe Jimenez walked, and then you had the Mercado hit, which two out hitting. Everything against old friend alert, Adam Simber, who'd been really strong this year, but they got to him. It was a strong win, a strong performance, and just a strong weekend 
Should we continue? You know, we talked about the Thursday game for Friday show. Should we talk about the uh, let's let's keep it happy. Let's end on a positive. So let's talk about the loss. Uh, this was not so fun. <laughs> so uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, it, when you get oh, I realize I closed out the window. I didn't do my little box adding how I typically do. It's okay. We can skip it for once. Uh, Bieber had his worst start of his major league career. Uh, not only was it a bad start for him, uh, his velocity was the lowest it has been. It, it just didn't go well for him. And it is, I mean, it's concerning at this point. Like, yes, I was the one saying be patient with Bieber and Fran Mill. I still say be patient. But, you know, a year ago, I was concerned about the vagueness of his injury. And then the injury was longer than was expected. And then he just, he does not seem to have built up the strength in his shoulder since that injury. And we're now enough into it that I would have expected the velocity picking up, not going down. It is it was lower yesterday than it had been. So I'm starting to have concerns. I'm just, that's that's the honest goodness truth. At this point in time, I'm starting to have concerns. Uh, this was a you know an 8-3 to three loss. Who reached base twice? Well, Miles Straw had two hits and a walk. Quan had a hit and a walk. Owen Miller had a hit. Oh, no, I'm sorry, he just had a hit. I was looking at the wrong part. Jose Ramirez had a hit and a walk, and Framil had a hit and a walk. The problem was Rosario, Palacios, Hedges, your 7-8-9, when they combined uh, 0 for 11. And then Jimenez had a pinch hit for Hedges to go for a combined 0 for 12. That's that's just brutal. The top of the lineup was quite strong. The The bottom just, you know, it became an automatic uh, out. Uh, Kevin Gaussman, their big free agent, was great. Uh, Julian Merriweather, former Guardian, the player they traded for Josh Donaldson, uh, was great as well. He had had a bit of a rough year. De Los Santos uh, had a bit of a rough outing in this one. Uh, the walks, the commands got away from I mean, when you give up a run and you don't give up a hit, that kind of speaks to it. Henches just continues to see that ERA drop. I mean, for him, this was a relatively bad outing because he had a hit and a walk, and he still struck out too, but... Uh, yeah, for him, with what he has done this year, that was a weaker outing for him. Uh, the stars on this one, you have to give one to Straw for the three bases. Guardians actually had no extra base hits in this one, which is a little unusual, but I think you have to give it to Straw. Uh, I was just kind of debating, you know, if you give it to Henches, uh, if you give it to Castro. I think I give it to Castro for two and two-thirds innings, four strikeouts, two walks, one hit. Uh, you know, he had to pick up for this team when Bieber was unable to continue. And then it just comes down to Miller, Quan. Let's see, you know, you look for the separator. Uh, I guess we give it to Jose, right? Because he had a hit and a walk, and he also stole a base. So he did a little bit more than Quan or Miller did uh, in the grand scheme. If we're just doing the box score game, six hits and four walks is 10 opportunities for Cleveland. Getting three runs is a little on the low side. On the other side of things, 10 walks like this is the thing with this pitching staff is it's built to not walk guys but we've talked about recently in some of their losses when they fall apart it is the walks that becomes the issue and you know three free passes from Bieber three from Eniel two from Castro one each from Gauss and Henches that's that's a huge deal 10 free passes that gave them 20 opportunities right there uh, between hits and walks. And if if you're going to give 10 free passes, you're going to lose almost every game that happens in. Eight runs on 20 opportunities is uh, a little high, but it, they only had two extra base hits. Uh, this was yeah, not a fun one. Because, again, you're worried about Bieber. Uh, you're 
hoping the bottom of the lineup is going to perform a little bit better. Uh, Rosario is, you know, Hench has at least had a few nice defensive plays, as I recall in this one. I just, I wish Rosario was hitting better to have some trade value. Because he's not going to be here August 1st. There's no reason for them to keep him. Unless he plays so badly, he has no trade value at all. Because they have young players they have coming up. They have other guys who can produce. And he is... In, he's been inconsistent. Like, that's the thing, right? Like, Rosario was great in his... Not great, but he was solid when he debuted. And then he had what... And I think that was, what, 2019? And then 2020 was the weird year, and it was a down year. And he rebounded well, but he was still not... He was a slightly below average hitter. It's not like we're talking about a guy who was... I mean, sadly, he was one of the best hitters on the team, but that's just because of how he played. Uh, it was not a you know a stellar performance overall. And now we're looking at it a year later, and he is, I mean, he's the worst hitter on this team right now. His numbers are worse than anyone else. He is the worst hitter on the team, and you have him playing in a premium defensive position, and he's a bad defender. So he's bringing you no value as a hitter or in the field. I guess I should be doing this on the screen. So he's bringing you nothing. I'm just glad they're not hitting him too anymore. It took him a while, but at least they finally adapted to that. We're going to take a break, come back, and talk about the other win in the doubleheader in a moment. And that other sponsor today is my favorite, and that is Built Bar. They're down to only the chocolate coconut for the new granola bar, a new experience from Built Bar with 15 grams of protein. I bought, it has not arrived yet, I'll let you know how that is. I bought the granola mixed with the chocolate and the, uh, the chocolate peanut butter and the chocolate coconut. Here's what I'll tell you. They do coconut so well. A lot of their best flavors are coconut, so it's still something you can believe in. Personally, if that doesn't appeal to you, I still say if you like Peeps, the yellow chirps are great. I have a box of those. Churro is another fantastic flavor. I also like a lot of their chocolate. Chocolate is something that they do super well. Chocolate and coconut, you can't go wrong. Go to BuiltBar.com today. Like I said, I am not just, it's, you know, what was the old thing? I'm not just the president. I'm um, I'm a client. Well, I'm not the president of BuiltBar. I wish I was because it is a fantastic product. Go to BuiltBar.com today. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to save yourself, or not locked on, LOCKED15 to save yourself 15%. I made that mistake before. Don't make it. LOCKED15. Save 15%. It's the best tasting protein bar I've ever had. I am still buying them after three years because Every new flavor adds a new wrinkle. They're doing great work over at BuiltBar.com. So let's talk about the secondary win here on Saturday. Uh, Tristan McKenzie was dealing. And again, so this is the second strong outing for him in a row. Six innings, four hits, two walks. That's what we need to see. When Tristan is at his best, it is two walks. When he is commanding the ball, that is that. that's when you have the pitcher that is really hard for other teams to pick up. That is when he is the number. I mean, with the way Beaver is pitching right now, he might be the team's ace. Now, again, I am not the jump to conclusions type. I am not the Beaver's done. Burn him. I, you know, I, I'm just trying to think what jump to conclusions would be. Uh, I guess more trade him than burn him. We're not accusing him of witchcraft, but maybe he was a, maybe he stopped using witchcraft. He was not a uh, a foreign substance guy. Like, I know that's going to be the natural jump because that is now our new, like, steroids thing. Oh, sticky ball. That, that wasn't Shane Bieber. That was never... You knew who used foreign substances. We all knew about uh, Corinne Chalk. We all knew that. Bieber, there wasn't that. So I, I'm more worried about a, a bigger issue in that shoulder. I'm more worried about something else being there, uh, honestly, for him. But... McKenzie right now is the ace. He is the ace of this team. He has been their top pitcher so far in the early goings. And it's 
he's had his he's had a bad game or two in there, but when his command is on and he's doing the opposite, his velocity is ticking up, which was the big concern with him because for a long time in the minors he really didn't add much, which is unusual for a pitcher in Cleveland system. But he was, you know, he's fantastic. He's one of the three stars in this one. Shaw comes in, does it again. Trevor Steffen comes in, does it again. Class A comes in. Hey, those three guys combined for three innings, no base runners, and one strikeout. That's that's pretty darn good, right? Uh, you know, overall in this one, who reached base twice? Well, you have Rosario, who, you know, in this game was hitting second. Ga- the first game, they bumped him down in the order, and he has a bad game, so they bump him up. He actually, you know, responded for him relatively well. Uh, he did not play on Sunday, so we can't say, but I, I don't understand why he's still up there. He is statistically, even with that, he is the worst hitter on this team. Uh, Owen Miller. I mean, Owen Miller and Fran Mil Reyes are the, the hitters of the weekend. Like, Jose is Jose, and he is great, and I, you know, gave him one three-star, but Owen Miller and Fran Mill, what a weekend for those two hitters. And, Shram, uh, you're right. I, you know, I, I had a preconceived notion on Owen Miller, I, I don't know. I just, he's going to regress. <laughs> he's not going to be, he's not going to hit 353 this year. But can he regress? You know, it, the thing I said when he got called up a year ago is I'm like, he was so good in AAA that I was like, he is not that dude. Like, he's not, there's no, like, the expectations are getting too high. And when expectations get too high, bad things always happen. But can he be a league average? Like, can he be a 55-grade hitter? Like, a little bit higher in league average? Yes. And that has always been my view on him. Right now, he is like a you know, 60, 65 overall production hitter. Uh, he's going to regress. There's going to be a rough spell. There'll be a regression to Bean. But none of all of this is to say, like, I think he can still be a part of this team, you know, a central part of this team going forward. He's always had the bat-to-ball abilities. The power and the exit velocities are interesting. You wonder with someone like him, I would love to hear like what the change is. Where, you know, is it working with the new hitting coach? Is there something else? I would love uh to talk with Owen Miller. Like uh long, you know, just to get it all together. But uh I mean, how about the four, five, six? You know, we're still in the who reached base twice. Well, Miller reached three times. Reyes had two hits, your six hitter, Andres Jimenez, two hits. Uh and then uh, Ernie Clement, who was playing third while Jose DH, you know, trying to get Jose a little more rest. He had a hit and a walk. And again, like Clement and Mercado are the perfect bench types. I know people, some people are still higher on Clement than me, but I, as a bench type, these are the guys who can come in, play above average defense, run well, be useful as a spot starter. Sign me up. This is exactly what you want on your bench is what those two bring. Uh, you know, extra base hits. Luke, how does Luke Maley already have four doubles? It's kind of crazy, right? Already four. Uh, it's just kind of weird to to think about. Owen Miller has 10. Jose Ramirez has 8. Fran Mel Reyes had his third home run. For all of his scuffling, he still has three home runs. Uh, we already talked about the players. Let's let's do the box score at Bingo. 11 hits for Cleveland with four walks. That's 15 opportunities. Uh, and to get eight runs is a very high amount. That is extremely high. And yes, they did have th- four extra base hits, which is part of the reason why they were able to get that across. But that's still a lot of luck. I mean, the other side of things, Toronto only had four hits and two walks. They had six opportunities. They got two runs. That's the average. Uh, they had two extra base hits on that. Cleveland beat them up. And then on both sides. This was a dominant performance by your pitching staff and by the hitters. This was just a dominant game overall. Uh, this was probably the best game in the series. And again, you know, Cleveland is now 14-14. 
They are uh, half a game behind the White Sox, who's next up. And then the Twins are the three and a half behind the Twins, who lead the division. Uh, it's it's interesting to watch. The Tigers are 8-19. <laughs> Remember, I picked them as the number two. 9-16, and 16, the Royals, who I picked to finish last. Uh, I mean, I haven't really d- dive, dove into the Tigers since the season ended. Uh, let's, though, instead of focusing on the rest of the division, let's just talk about the White Sox. We can't do a full breakdown. You can go back and listen to the previous series where I went through. What has changed, though, since then is, you know, they are they're down. Uh, Elo, Elo Jimenez, he is, he's out for a while. I believe Moncada is going to be activated soon. He might even be activated for this series. I feel like he is supposed to be, yeah, 450, or no, because his, his retro date is the 5th, so he won't be back till the 15th. For some reason, I thought he was back before then. Uh, so, yeah, no uh, no Moncada for this series. So you look at this lineup. Tim Anderson's playing better. A.J. Pollock is back, who was out uh, last series. Jose Abreu is playing better, Luis Robert, Grandal, Gavin Sheets has been playing every day, Jake Berger has been at third base every day, Adam Ing- and that's the thing, it's like their 7-8-9 is as, almost as weak as Cleveland's. Uh, Josh Harrison is getting a lot of reps with Berger at third base, but they're, he's also getting reps at second base for them. I, and this is the thing, like, Pollock can be great. He has actually not been very good since he's been activated. You can't tell me right now this team is not regretting the Craig Kimbrell trade. Like, would you rather have Pollock or would you rather have Nick Madrigal? They have a gaping hole at second base that has been unable to be filled. And they don't really have, I mean, I guess you're kind of hoping some of these young players, um, I think Jose Rodriguez just got uh, promoted up the line. Is he a, uh, he's an infielder, I want to say for them, but they don't have anything close. I'll be curious again to see. Um, if they are competing with each other, because that's Andrew Vaughn is now on the disabled list. That's the other player who went on to the disabled list since uh, we last saw this team. Uh, Aaron Bummer on the disabled list. Oh, no, so yeah, so on the ninth, I was right originally. That's weird. The retroactive dates must be wrong. Mankata will be uh, activated tomorrow. Aaron Bummer, you know, probably their best left-handed reliever, uh, is on the disabled list, but they did activate Joe Kelly. So Joe Kelly and Moncada are back. Uh, Andrew Vaughn is down, but the lineup, it should be, you know, they're a really good team. Their bullpen. Yeah. They're missing, you know, bummer's an important piece, but you look at them, this bullpen is maybe the best in baseball. If everyone is healthy, I would say the white Sox have the best bullpen in baseball. If they had bummer, if they had crochet, it's just, a lot of top-end arms, a lot of great performers. There's a lot of big arms in that rotation. Uh, Dylan Cease has been utterly fantastic. Lucas Giolito, um, you know, is he a disappointment? I, You know, I, I don't necessarily want to put that on him. I think maybe to some White Sox fans who thought, like, he was going to be a top-five starter in the American League, and that just hasn't been the case. He's been very good, um, but he's not been that, like, Cy Young type of tier who the Guardians get? Well, luckily they avoid Cease. They get Kopech, who's been excellent, uh, Giolito, who's always strong, and then Vince Velasquez, who has been pitching well for them, but has been a bit of a you know a guy who has through his major league career has had some ups and downs. Uh, the White Sox are getting healthy; they're playing better. I do not expect another sweep of the Guardians uh, by the Guardians, nor do I expect the Guardians to get swept. If I'm looking at this series. Though I will say this, like, 
Kopech, Plesak, that is advantage them. Giolito, Quantrell, that's advantage them. Velasquez, Savale, I mean, traditionally, that's advantage Cleveland, but it's it's a push game for me because Savale has not pitched well this year. It will be very curious to see what Chicago does. At some point, they're going to have to make some hard decisions, make some big moves. They have to get a second baseman. They can't just keep using what they have in place. Uh, you have to worry about just general health of some of these players, but when everything comes together, it's, you know, Velasquez is only in there because of Lance Lynn's injury. If they get healthy, this is still the American League favorite, American League Central favorite, and arguably one of the favorites to win the American League in general. That's why when you are this close, when you have all the right pieces, I still think this is a team that, you know, can't be afraid to make the big move. If they can get a solid second baseman, uh, they they should go do it. They they need to figure out second base. They need to. I don't think they need to add a starter. I think with Cease's step forward with Kopech pitching well, I don't think that. I think they made the right move, not going all in. I mean, I think at the cost of what Sean Manea got, maybe they should have still gone for him uh, because Dallas Keuchel has not been very good. But I think we've seen that starter is not their need. What they do need to get and what they should chase is an upgraded second. That is really what this team needs to do going forward. Uh, I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked on Guardians podcast for today. We will talk more about the White Sox tomorrow after the first game in this series. We will continue to talk about everything going on with the Guardians. I do anticipate a roster move before tomorrow's game. Uh, We will have to wait and see. But uh, as always, thank you for listening, rating, and reviewing, downloading. It helps. Thank you to everyone who comments, likes, and subscribes on the YouTube And as I end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go.